Welcome to the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Vest, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. Today, I have the honor of sitting down with Casey Brunell. She works with social entrepreneurs at early stages by day, and she's also super passionate about helping women learn how to tune into their intuition and live more untamed. I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with Casey. Oh my gosh, Casey, I am so excited to have you here. Um, some people may know that we hosted a really awesome workshop last year on how to lead like a woman, which is one of my favorite workshops I think I've ever done. Um, and I feel like there's so much that I want to talk to you about today, but maybe before we jump into like all the things, um, I would love for you to give just a brief introduction um, of yourself, what you're currently up to, um, and how you are a woman changing the world. Hi, yes, I would love to. So my name is Casey Brunell and I live in San Diego and I work in social impact. So my job is to help early stage social entrepreneurs figure out ways to earn revenue in their business so that they can sustain their social missions. So it's a really fun job. It's super creative and no day is the same. So for a person like me who loves variety, it's been a pretty good fit. I've been doing that for three years and obviously life in San Diego is paradise. So I'm so happy to get into it today, Liz. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, well, one of my favorite things to ask people is kind of like my North star question, which is if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Wow. Only one thing. Only one thing. And ideally like something pretty big that you would in theory have to work on for like your entire life or career with many other people in order for it to actually change. I think I would love for women to embrace their own truth more without worrying about how it affected other people. I think we Mm -hmm. could all be a lot more liberated if we did that. Yes. I absolutely love that. And quick follow-up question to that, because I know that that's something that you've like done a lot of work around both as a person, um, you know, for yourself and also to help support other women on that journey. Um, How would you describe your personal mission outside of your current day job? I think in general, I'm here to be free. So freedom and liberation, I think are just like, that's why I'm here on this earth. And I think the way that that kind of manifests itself is by me really listening and saying yes to the opportunities that make me feel free. And I think the way that I gauge my own freedom is how authentic I feel when I'm with certain people or doing certain things, because as long as I can fully be myself, um, that's kind of my indicator of success. That's my North star. So I think I've recently realized how 
just living that way and just being that way has turned itself into a mission to help other people do the same. And it's actually, it's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun to see other women say, Hey, you, you told the truth that time, or you didn't try to people please that time. And that was really weird for me, but now I do that too. So to be the example and to start that ripple effect um, has really been like an unexpected, I guess, secondary side effect that I'm like, wow, I wasn't expecting that to happen, but that's so cool. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I really do think that it living authentically yourself, really, as you said, it just inspires and gives other people permission to do the same thing. Um, how, how did authenticity come to be something that you value so strongly? Oof, yeah, unfortunately, through some negative experiences, I think that I've been in jobs and I've been in places where I felt like I had to leave, lead a double life where Mm -hmm. like I was public facing Casey, but then private Casey, personal Casey was like, these two people are different. And it's very, very hard for me to pretend. So when I noticed that starting to happen in different jobs, that was always kind of my indicator of like, why, if everyone else is doing this to survive this environment, is something really wrong with us or is something wrong with the environment? And I have a very low tolerance for that. So once I kind of realized in my own behavior that I was maybe having to put on a face at a job or with people, I kind of realized like, I'm never willing to sacrifice who I am for my own survival. And if that means that I have to change environments, change friend groups, change jobs, change cities, whatever that might look like, then that's what I have to do. So authenticity really has been the roadmap for that and learning to listen to it, not feel afraid of it not worry about how other people are going to react to it either. That's so beautiful. When I know that, I mean, you've had a really interesting journey um, to get to the, to the place you are today, to the work that you're currently doing at Mission Edge. Uh, I'm curious, would you be willing to walk us through and please like, feel free to take up space and let it be like the medium to long version, but how did you (laughs) come to be where you are today doing the work that you're doing today? You know, it's been a really windy path. I do not have a standard climb the ladder, one plus two equals three, first this step, then that step process. It's been up and down and all around. And on paper, it kind of doesn't really make sense, but let me see if I can connect some dots here. So I went to school for political science and thought that I was going to move to DC to work in international development. But I quickly learned that those jobs are in high demand and a lot of people in that field have masters and PhDs and I was not willing to go back to school after I had just finished. So I thought, okay, let's start something else. And opportunity came up in St. Louis where I'm from. So I moved back home and was actually working in online furniture sales. My first job was selling cubicles online and people laugh at that. They think, what, how could you have ever found that? But it was a startup in um, kind of like in a startup incubator lab in St. Louis. And my brother was working there at the time. So he helped me and I got to meet a ton of cool people. And I think we quickly realized that I probably didn't have a future in furniture sales, but I was able to learn the basics of all departments of a startup business, what I like, what I don't like, um, how to keep the lights on and you know what it means to be on somebody's payroll. So that was, those were important skills that I needed to learn, but it still wasn't quite what I was looking for, but it bought me some time. From there, 
I made a switch. Um, I started working at an elementary school in St. Louis and I got that job because I'm bilingual. At the time, I was really looking to use my Spanish. I had gone to college for three years in Spain and thought there's no way I can move back to the U.S. and just forget all of this. So I have to incorporate this into my life. So that was really fun. I never saw myself working in education, but I got to work um, as an office administrator and the families and the kids and the environment was just really fun. And I think ultimately I, I kind of outgrew St. Louis and knew that I needed to be on my way. So from there, I found a job in tech and I got into software again, because I was bilingual, not because I have a tech degree. Um, definitely not into programming or anything like that, but I was good at project management and wanted to learn more and could speak Spanish. So that took me to Austin, Texas, where I lived for two years. And I think that's kind of the first moment of inauthenticity that I had ever experienced. I was in a culture that really did not align with my values. And I was kind of living this corporate life that I thought I wanted. I thought I was supposed to want. I was the big girl in the big city with her big girl apartment, making a big girl paycheck, trying to climb that corporate ladder on her way to the corner office that she thought she wanted. And then when I got there, I'm like, I don't like any of this. So I banged my head against a wall for two years, trying to figure it out on my own. And as luck would have it, the man I was dating at the time who I had met in Spain proposed to me, moved to the U S and found a job in California. So Mm -hmm. within a couple of weeks, we got on the road and moved out to California. And I stayed remote for that tech company for a little bit, just because I didn't want to move here unemployed. But once I got here and kind of realized that I could start fresh, I found the courage to quit that job again, because feeling inauthentic is just a non-negotiable for me. Like I, I don't, want to waste any time pretending to be someone else in order to survive in an environment. So I was able to quit that job before I had anything lined up. And I think four months later, I'd been unemployed working on my own entrepreneur endeavors and Mission Edge, where I currently work, kind of fell out of the sky. I don't like, I'm embarrassed about that part of the story because I feel like it's not so repeatable. I know women who want to get into impact are looking for a process that they can repeat, but Mine was a quick Google search and kind of just living on a prayer. Um, And they responded and I interviewed and I got the job. And that was in January of 2019. And now I still work here. And it was just, it's been a winding path. And there's no, there's definitely no um, same recipe from one person to the next. So uh, Liz, I'm always self-conscious that that's not a good story to tell because I feel like people are looking for a clean cut process they can follow. And I definitely don't have that. (laughs) Well, I so appreciate the honesty because I do think what, um, what is beautiful about the way that you describe that. And that I think that there is a lot of truth here where while it's like not a repeatable process is like sometimes receiving is the path to the next thing. Um, I think we've all been really cultured to believe that we have to go out and hustle and like go after what we want. And I also think as women, one of our feminine superpowers can be to receive um, when, and just check in with your intuition when the right thing shows up. Um, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And really depending on community too. I mean, it's so crazy how I got that job at the elementary school in St. Louis. I had gone to my five-year high school reunion and a girl that I didn't really hang out with that much had heard that I was looking for a job. And a couple of weeks after the reunion, 
she texted me and said, Hey, have you heard of this school? They're looking for someone bilingual. She knew that I spoke Spanish and it actually was a school that I volunteered at when I was in high school. So you just never know when people from your past are going to show up and help you out or someone that you didn't think was going to be able to help you in any way. Cause maybe you don't have a strong relationship, but you just tell one person, Hey, I'm looking for this thing. And the universe finds a way to provide. And maybe the lesson here too, um, in addition to just really being able to receive help or receive an opportunity, letting it fall versus actively pursuing it is this, maybe the repeatable process is the ability to listen to intuition and really respect that and not be afraid of it. Because I really rejected the opportunity to go to St. Louis and work for that cubicle company. I didn't want to do it. I was like really let down that I couldn't make a move to DC right when I wanted to, but it ended up buying me time and it afforded me um, more trips back to Spain to visit my boyfriend now husband. And I also like really, really rejected the job in Austin for a while and Again, it allotted me time and allotted me trips to Spain and it gave me the security that I needed to start the immigration process with him. So there's so many, there's so many more factors that go into a decision, whether it be a job, a relationship, a city that we might not see at the time. But then later when all the pieces kind of fall, it's like, oh, I didn't appreciate that, but I needed that to happen for other areas of my life to work out and it's okay. Totally. Well, the other thing that I would really underline that seems like, well, there's two things that really seem like common threads through your journey are one, identifying your desire and, and following your desire, right? So moving to California was, it sounds like very aligned with your desire, even though it wasn't necessarily your professional desire. Um, It was, you know, you wanted to be with your partner and it brought you to where you were supposed to be and the rest fell into place. And then I think the other powerful piece is the experience of telling people what you desire um, yes. and letting them help you. Yes. I think that is something that we could all use more practice in because in our very individualist society, we've convinced ourselves that we must solve all of our problems on our own and not depend on anyone. But why have community if that's the case, right? And I think the act of defining our desire is really the first step into like manifesting what you want, because how can you know what to look for? You know, there's this great passage in Women Who Run With Wolves. I highly recommend that book. If you haven't heard of it, um, any listener, definitely give it a read. But she says, um, you might know that you're hungry, but you might not know what you're hungry for. It's not the wise choice to go to the smorgasbord and look at what feels good or what looks good. First, pause, ask yourself, what do I want? What am I craving? Don't go to the smorgasbord looking for it, telling you what you want. You be still and know what you want first. And when I read that, <laughs> when I read that, I'm, it's so funny because, I mean, you like me have helped a lot of people get jobs and I've met women that are like, I'm searching every day. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm doing this. I'm putting out these applications. I'm doing this and that. And I can remember a time in my life when that really felt like dog paddling to me. Like it was just, okay, Casey, a couple more applications. It'll all be worth it. Something's going to land. You can do it. But if you just ask me point blank, what are you looking for? I would say, I don't know, a job. Mm. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes we have to be a little bit more specific than that before we show up to the buffet 
And I didn't know that. I didn't know that when I was in my young, my early twenties. And now that I know that I stay away from the buffet because I don't want the buffet to dictate what I want. I want to decide what I want. If it's at the buffet, great. If it's not, I'm going to go find a different place. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. To everything you just said. I think that's such an important point in the process. I think it's so human to just react to what's in front of us, but it is so powerful to take the time to really decide what you want and then decide whether the opportunities that are presenting themselves to you are or are not that thing. Absolutely. And I think um, it's, I, I said at the beginning, like freedom is, is such a huge mission for me. And a lot of that is freedom of choice. If I don't like the choices, I'm going to find a way to create a new choice. I don't want my, my life or my behavior, where I go, what I do to be dictated by what's available or what first, what, you know, is first readily available, but instead something that I know from within is what I want. Then I'll ask for it. Then I'll go get it. Then I'll find the right place to make that happen, but to show up to the buffet and have my choices dictated by what's already on the table. Um, it just didn't seem, it doesn't seem like a way to make decisions anymore. That's in alignment with true freedom. Absolutely. Well, that's such a perfect segue into something that I wanted to ask you about. I know that, um, the book untamed by Glennon Doyle, um, another book rack, anyone who's (laughs) listening, if you haven't read it, uh, definitely recommend you check it out. Um, I know that you have, you know, facilitated workshops and conversations on how to live untamed. Um, can you like describe a little bit for anyone who's not familiar with this whole idea of living untamed means? Yes. Gosh, I would love nothing more. It's my favorite topic. I mean, the book is just so inspiring and it's just such, um, a jolting reality check that I needed to hear. I think I've read it three times since last April. I think living untamed means being so unapologetically who you are and so deeply in tune with that and what you want and why you are here that doing anything else would be insulting to your soul. It truly means knowing and being who you are in a world that tries to change you or tries to sell you something to be something else, any chance it gets. It's an act of resistance to be untamed. Totally, totally. When I feel like it's so closely aligned with both the idea of following your intuition and really understanding how, like what alignment looks like and feels like for you. What are some like super practical kind of tips and tricks that you would give someone who is really looking to more deeply connect with their intuition to live a more authentic and untamed life or career? Well, this is an unpopular tip that many people, (laughs) as soon as I say it, will stop listening immediately. But I invite women to get off social media Mm. because I think that it interferes with our ability to tune in and instead aids our bad habits of tuning out. 
I think that when we seek externally, it's contradictory to the process of living untamed that is completely defined by your ability to look within, to be still and know, as Glennon Doyle says. So in the doom scroll, when we are caught in comparison, if we don't even realize that we're comparing, um, if we are consuming content about the way other people look or the choices that they're making or how they live their lives or where they spend their money or the clothes that they buy, whatever that might be, I don't, re- I don't think that we are f- fully conscious of just how much that affects our opinions of ourselves and our ability to tune into ourselves. But I can confidently say since being off Instagram since February of this year, I have developed a keen sense of how to use my own compass, my intuition. And I would not have the time to develop that skill um, if I was still using Instagram. Interesting. I think that's so interesting. I have so many more questions to ask you about that, but I, I, I totally agree. I think Social media can be a powerful tool, I think, from a manifestation perspective when it's used as like a virtual vision board, if you will, sure. <laughs> but, but it requires so much discipline and hygiene over who you're following and what yes. you're looking at. Yes. Um, I remember a friend of mine telling me she had to get off because it was like all the, you know, the marriages and babies and stuff were like spinning her off it, spiraling her into a comparison trap. And at the time I was like, I don't get it. Like my Instagram feed is all travel destinations and inspirational quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I unfortunately made the mistake of following too many accounts that really just were not helpful to me. And I think it just got past the point of return where it would have just been more work to clean up the feed and start fresh. But um, I said, okay, like, how can I replace that habit? And now um, I walk a lot more. I read a lot more and I'm just, I'm just quiet a lot more. And I think that that quiet time and that time spent with self is really one of the ways is one of the most practical ways to harness intuition. And if, Instagram is acting as an obstacle, then it's important that we remove that. However, Mm -hmm. that being said, I know that there are people that have um, more intentionally curated their feeds to be healthy, positive, and helpful. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for me. So just leaving entirely was the best choice that I made. Absolutely. And I totally celebrate that. I'm curious, would you say that that's been one of your kind of biggest silver linings from the past year or so. Obviously the world has been through a lot in the past year. Um, (laughs) So I'm always curious what people have found over this like crazy tumultuous time to have been some of the bright spots. Yeah. I mean, I think that this year just, it taught me so much about myself. I mean, I, the reason why I got off social media was because I was dog paddling towards this goal, this thing that I thought I wanted, this thing that I thought that I was supposed to want, which was self-employment. And I was on the entrepreneur freelancer bandwagon, but was using a method to get there that was very um, just old way of thinking, you know, try hard, don't stop till it's finished. Don't take breaks, grind yourself to the bone. Like burnout isn't real. It'll all be worth it when you 
reach your goal and cross the finish line. Don't worry about being tired. You can sleep later. I mean, just literally sacrificing everything that I needed to stay well in the process, thinking Mm -hmm. that this very um, like aggressive pursuit was all going to pay off. And when it didn't, there was a little bit of like embarrassment and shame and humiliation that goes into failing so publicly. I mean, I was very vocal about what I was working on on Instagram and had the support of a lot of people. And when it just fell flat and when I looked at my feed and saw what people were perceiving about me versus what the actual truth was, again, the alarms went off. There was some huge difference between what people were reacting to on my Instagram profile versus what was actually going on with me. And I, I just felt like a different person. I'm like, I don't want people to make assumptions about me based on this. I don't want people to see this and draw conclusions that aren't true. I don't want to, I don't want to live a double life and I don't want to give people any opportunity to perceive a double life. And I don't want to feel like I'm living a double life. So I think that, you know, that, that as hard of a lesson was it as it was. And really that with the rest of 2021 and even like the beginning of 2020, I've had so many experiences that have been difficult, but that have brought me closer to my own truth and my authenticity that now it almost feels like I have realigned my compass. And I didn't even know that that needed to happen. And it was messy and ugly and like sometimes just like depressing and sad. (laughs) Um, But now I have this new sense of clarity of like, I know who I am. I know what alignment feels like. I definitely know what misalignment feels like. And now I can make better choices and discern with a sharper eye in terms of what's going to be the next best thing for me. And I don't know if, if I would have the ability to discern that I have now had I not gone through that. So yeah, I think that's the silver lining. Wow. I mean, that's, thank you for sharing that so vulnerably. I mean, I think one of my personal favorite quotes about quote, I'm like, not really someone who believes in failure. I mean, it's a thing, right? But yeah, I I really believe that failure is information that you couldn't get any other way. Sure. And I think it can be such a powerful redirection. It was, it really was. And it hurt, but I think that you're exactly right. I had such a I was just so headstrong and so hellbent on getting something done that I thought that I wanted, that I didn't even stop to pause and ask myself, why do you want this? Do you want this because you think you're supposed to want it? And again, a lot of that influence came from the people I was following on Instagram. Um, Or do you want this because it truly is aligned with who you are and the way you want to live your life? When I pose the question that way, I looked back at the four or five, six months that I spent trying to figure out how to launch an online course. And I have never, I have never like been less of myself. That process was grind, 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 work, 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 sacrifice, sleep, like sacrifice few social obligations or social um, engagements, which weren't a ton because it was still COVID, but still like the ones that I could have done, I would say no to because I needed to work. And I'm like, Casey, who are you? Like, you don't say no to social things. Like you don't prioritize work and money over just a life of ease and leisure and joy and love. Like what is happening? And it, it, 
it took me really being hit in the head by my own like headstrongness, like that's a word to realize, (laughs) (laughs) to realize like, of course that was not aligned. That's not who you are. Like if I, I definitely am not like shy of hard work, but there's a, there's a huge difference between hard work and the pursuit of something that lights your soul on fire and hard work towards an arbitrary goal that's made up. Hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> there is such a big difference and it feels different too. Um, and often, like, I feel like without having experienced the feeling of one, it's really hard. I guess experience the feeling of both. It's hard to differentiate between the two. Cause I think for so many of us, the hard work that doesn't feel good is so what we're used to that we don't even necessarily notice that it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Sense. I think that's a great point. And I think that back to your question about how to, how to really harness intuition and understand it and like how to practically like flex that muscle. I think that the more experiences that we can have good and bad, where we really notice, how does this feel? Does it feel like I'm flowing and enjoying, or does it feel like I'm beating my head against the wall? Because you know, some of the hardest times in my life have come when I was beating my head against the wall. And some of the best times have come when I just relaxed and let it flow. Mm. And now I know the difference between the two. And I think we have to experience it all to understand the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious, what are, what are some of the things that are feeling good and flowing um, for you right now? And you're like, what's bringing you joy? So I definitely changed my pace as a result of COVID. I used to be just like classic, um, overscheduled, signing up for way too many things, bopping around and just always on the go. Um, there was just a lot of noise in my life. And I, it didn't sound noisy at the time because I think that it was in alignment with me being a social butterfly and me always wanting to be on the go and like see and be seen and go out and San Diego was a new city. So I wanted to say yes to everything, but now I'm here. I'm a little bit more settled. I have more information about who I am and what I want. I have actually been enjoying a slower pace. I don't overschedule myself. I don't go to things that I don't want to go to. I used to say yes out of obligation. I do not do that anymore. I don't do anything out of obligation. If I don't want to go, I will not go. I'm not willing to sacrifice on that anymore. Like I used to. So I've definitely think, um, detoxing people pleasing habits is really feeling great right now. That brings a lot of joy, the ability to say no and not worry about it. And, I also bought myself a paddleboard and that is just such a lovely thing to do. The other day I left work, I paddled out and then I anchored and read my book on my paddleboard underneath the sunshine. And it was fantastic. Oh my goodness. There are few joys for me that compare to the joy of being on a stand-up paddleboard in San Diego. It is (laughs) one of the best feelings. I know I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. It was, um, it was kind of like an impulse buy for my birthday. I'm like, you know, I really want to get out on the water and I don't love surfing and I don't have a boat. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, paddleboards definitely in my price range. And, um, there's a channel right behind where I work. So it's just totally convenient to go during the week. It's not busy. There's no wakes and having the anchor is so great because then I can just read and enjoy the sunshine. Oh, what a treat. 
that sounds like the epitome of self-care. Um, <laughs> I feel it like is. I... <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but in the interest of time, I'm going to ask you three more kind of like fun, quick hit questions. Okay. So I would love to know if you had to choose three words or emojis to describe yourself, what would they be? (laughs) I love this. Okay. So I definitely use the laugh cry emoji still, contrary to what Gen Z says. (laughs) I still think it's the best way to show that you really are laughing so hard. Um, I can get on the coffin train. Like, I think it's funny. Like you're dying from laughing. I love that, but I'm always just going to be laugh till you cry emoji for life. And then I think um, my next most used are the side eye and the Olay flamenco dancer. Ooh, I love those. Um, and interesting on the side eye, I'm not a big side eye user, but I use the eyeballs like every day, multiple times. Oh yeah. That's the one I meant the eyeballs, but they're kind of looking to the side. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. I love those. Um, Well, what are you most looking forward to right now at this moment? You know, I definitely think that there is a massive shift happening in the way people think and the way people are leading their lives. Maybe I'm biased because this is definitely happening within me right now, but I think that we are starting to wake up to this. Um, what are they calling it? The It's not the great quit. It's the, oh, great, the great resignation. Thank you. They're calling it the great resignation. And I think that people are finally waking up to their freedom of choice and what they actually want. And that's really inspiring for me because when one person is free, she gives the rest of us permission to be free. And I think that, you know, people might not realize the ripple effects of their actions, but I really do think that we're all connected in this collective consciousness. And when one woman chooses to bet on herself and chooses to quit the job, change the city, start the new venture, whatever that looks like, because it's in alignment with who she is and what she wants for herself. Everybody else tends to get a subtle ping of, Hey, she did it. So maybe I can too. And for me to be a part of that, for me to learn from it, from the women around me and to contribute to it in the way I live my life, I just feel so grateful for, because as COVID has shown, no day is guaranteed And why would we waste a single minute doing something that isn't aligned with why we're here on this earth? So if we can wake up to that, if we can wake up to why we're here and really act accordingly, then I just, I think that's the way that we could solve a lot of the negative things going on in the world. It's just like, when everybody's living in their own authenticity and living in their own freedom and having all of their needs met in a way that, you know, makes their life really full, maybe we wouldn't feel the need to live in this like false dichotomy of this versus that us versus them. It's very black. It's very white. You're either with it or you're not type of world that I think, um, if we're not staying awake to could be really easy to fall into. And I just try to surround myself with people doing the opposite people who are, you know, living in the gray area and really acting on what they want and what they envision for themselves because they took the time to figure that out. And those aren't the type of people that can be easily convinced to find an enemy or to hate other people. And I just think that shift is really inspiring, especially after 
our, you know, election year and Black Lives Matter movement and the, this dichotomy that we're living in now that's like vaccinated or unvaccinated. Um, I just think that if people could access their own truth and really like live the way that they wanted to, that they wouldn't have time to spread hate or negativity. Totally. Totally. I love that idea of people like really tuning more deeply into their own individual truths as a result of what we've all collectively been through over the past 18 months or so. Um, and I do think in a lot of ways, like as dark and awful as so much of what's happened over the past year and a half has been, it's, provoking some pretty radical shifts that I, that are long overdue in society. So and I think we're only at the beginning of seeing what all those will ultimately be. Yeah, I agree. And I think that we're helping each other far more than we know. Like anytime you get a message from a woman saying like, thank you for sending me that resource or thank you for sharing your story or wow, this was so inspiring. I don't even know if our brains can like conceptualize how much of a ripple effect that is. But when I pause to think about it, I'm just like, wow, like we're so lucky to be alive. We're so lucky to know each other. And like, let's make every day count because when you do it, that gives me permission to do it. And then I give the next girl permission to do it. And again, like I just spend so much time thinking about that, that I don't have time to listen to who the media says I should hate this week you know, and it's like when we're shifting our energy towards who we are and what we want and like how we envision our lives, we don't, there's no more room for negativity. Like, it's just like, that's not where our energy flows. So I think that that's going to be a really positive change. And I hope to be around to, to see what happens. Absolutely. Me too. Um, <laughs> well, it's a perfect segue into the last question I wanted to ask. So, um, I actually, a while ago, I feel like one of my favorite podcast questions ever that he probably saw us. I don't still listen as regularly as I used to, but I love Tim Ferriss's like, what would you put on a billboard question? Um, and my version of that question, because me and so many of the women in my life, like live with by inspirational post-it notes, (laughs) I have like eight stuck to the wall in my laptop at this moment. Um, if you were to like print out, you know, an inspirational post-it note that was, and I feel like you're such a rich resource with like inspirational quotes today already, but what would be the quote that you would most want to put on an inspirational post-it note? Gosh, just one. There's so many good ones. Um, I have a lot, but, and I'm going to try to get this one right. I don't want to misquote it. Um, this is one that has been just really standing out to me lately. Um, I think this is my niche. Beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. The reason why I'm choosing that again is because I think that right now we're living in a time where we're told like fight the bad guy. And every new, every week there's a new bad guy to hate. There's somebody new, like they're the enemy. They're the wrong one. You're right. If you live this way, they're wrong because they do that or don't do that. Um, And I think especially from like a feminist and a liberation standpoint, like we, I'm very like pro human rights and pro freedom. And I think that, you know, we are taught to 
fight against people who are not. And in the midst of that fight, we become the monster ourselves. And I think that if we all just paused and observed, is my energy in a place of love right now? Or is it a place, is it in a place of hate? Am I fighting for something or am I fighting against something or someone don't become the monster that you're trying to fight. I just think is it's such a great like checkpoint for, you know, where's your energy right now? Because if it's, if it's negative, if it's bad, then like, maybe you should look into that. That's probably not healthy. Totally. Totally. And I think that applies to so many things, right? I even think back to what you were sharing earlier about like, you, who you became in pursuit of like your more recent entrepreneurial journey and that like that, how, you know, misaligned that ultimately was. And just this idea of like really checking in and making sure that in our searches for ourselves that we, you know, stay as aligned as possible with our own truth and our own true North and who we are and what we want. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right, Liz. I mean, that's exactly what happened in the pursuit of freedom that I thought I would get via this freelancing venture. I became the least free that I had ever been. And I mean, that's a mild example, but the logic applies in other aspects of our life. Like, are you fighting for or against something and who are you becoming in that fight? And just be aware of that, notice it, and don't be afraid to make a change when things go off track, because that's what happened for me. And now like, I quit Instagram. I spend a lot more time with myself. I'm way more aware of my thoughts and my behaviors. And yeah, I don't have time to, I, I don't have time to become the monster that I'm trying to fight because I'm not fighting against anyone. I'm just trying to stay awake to freedom and choice and encouraging other women to do the same. And when I do that, like there's only room for love. Mm. Yes. Um, well, I think that's a perfect note um, for us to leave this on. I mean, honestly, I could talk to you again for hours <laughs> and I feel like we have to have another conversation someday in the future, um, fully diving into the whole like girl boss myth and all of the associated <laughs> things. Oh, wow. I forgot about that topic. Yeah, we could definitely do another episode on that. <laughs> um, I would love that. Um, but for now, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. Um, really appreciate your sharing your story. Um, is there, how would you like, if anyone wants to like seek you out, is there a good place for people to find you? Um, yes, I would love that. If anybody wants to follow up about anything from this episode or um, just saying, hey, you can find me on LinkedIn, Casey Brunell. Uh, we can put that in the show notes. Amazing. Love it. Well, thank you for being so generous with your time and your messages and your inspirational quotes. Really appreciate it. Um, and I'm excited to continue the conversation hopefully soon. Yes, we will get out there and keep changing the world. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at liz.best, B-E-S-T, or by searching my name on LinkedIn. You can also sign up for my three-day personal branding challenge, which is totally free, by visiting my website, which is Elizabeth with an S, E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H, best, B-E-S-T, dot com slash personal branding challenge. See you in the next episode.